0: So I wanted to start off with a philosophy question. I was kind of curious, um, you know, as you go through a season, you start figuring, you know, teams start uh, scheming to try and stop what you want to do. I thought Boise State did a pretty good job on the off-tackle run that you'd had a lot of success with. They did a good job slowing that. As an offensive coordinator, what do you do to counter scheme, I guess? What do you do as teams try and, and take away things that you want to do?
1: Um. Well, I, I don't really agree with your point. I didn't think they stopped that. I thought we, you know, we turned the ball over and we played poorly in the red zone, but we had a lot of success running wide zone. Like we usually do. Um, it was our best play Saturday and it's pretty much always our best play, um, in the run game anyway. And, uh, but to, to the, to the bigger part of your question, I think, um, it's part of football is you got to have, wrinkles and answers each week for things that people do and last game wasn't really about that There, no, there wasn't there w- it wasn't about not having the answers or anything it was about poor execution and turnovers and um we you know credit to them they, they're playing defense i guess they, they they played hard to you know get the ball out and stuff like that but um we've got plenty of answers and we have our offense has things that fit together, plays that set up other plays. There's still lots of stuff that hasn't even been seen yet that's dialed up and ready to go when the time is right, and we won't have a shortage of answers.
0: Well, and I was probably thinking of a few specific plays as opposed to the game in general, and that yeah. that's that's on me. That's that's me. No, not it,
1: it's not but the. But you're to, well. One point is we got stopped on fourth and two on one of our wide run plays. Right. Yeah. You know, that play, we'd been 100% all year on fourth down on that exact play. I mean, that's that's been our go-to call, and we just didn't get it done on that play. We didn't block it well enough. The defense was exactly what we practiced and saw, thought we were going to get, and we just didn't get it done. And so it was a disappointing, uh, disappointing execution. Um, and then that play had a couple of answers built into it, too, as well. Uh, it had an RPO built in as well as the ability to check the play if it wasn't the right look, and we just – didn't make the play we've been making all year. It was, uh, you know, still eating at all of us.
0: I also wanted to just talk, I mean, you talked about it on the coordinator's corner, but the, but having Grimes the situation, you know, meeting with Jeff again, and, you know, facing him on the other side, how much fun is that for you? I mean, this happens in college football all the time, but you know, not necessarily always a year removed like this or less than a year. So how much fun is it to have this wrinkle and, and kind of unique aspect to this week's game?
1: Um, it's not really fun i mean it's it's fun when i get to talk to him you know after they win and after we win and we have a minute hey good job and you know we're texting or once in a while we'll call each other that's fun uh playing against each other is not fun at all i don't i don't really ever enjoy playing against my friends we, we know we love we love grimy um and you know this week he's on the other team so we got to go do our best to try to win so it's it's really not not a lot of fun i, I mean i'm gonna say hi to him before the game and I'll give him a hug after, but, uh um, I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy this at all. I don't enjoy going against my friends. It's, it's, this is too serious of a business for us. I mean, this is, this is life and death to coaches, you know? So the fun part is when we don't have to play each other and we get to call up and, and, uh, you know, talk about the good times or, or whatever.
2: Coach Kalani said last night in, in his coaches show that, uh, Baylor Romney was, was back in practice. Uh, yeah. How has he looked so far this week and will he be available against Baylor?
1: Um, he's, he's back at practice. Um, he hasn't taken as many reps as Conover. So right now um, it'll, I'm not sure yet if Conover will be too, if, if Baylor, you know, where, where Baylor will be in the pecking order uh, that we still have another day of Practice. We got to, We get a lot of reps on our Thursday practice. It's pretty much uh, the whole. The whole practice is pretty much just team reps. So, we'll make that determination after tomorrow. But um, uh, all all the quarterbacks are looking really good. Jaron's Jaron's completely healthy now, ready to roll. Um, and uh, Conover's been getting a lot of good reps, and it's nice to have Baylor back out there.
2: And I wanted to ask you too about Okunakua. Uh, Feels like every single week he just continues to make improvement. What what's maybe the, the 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 potential that he has in his this BYU program because he's still a young guy? Yeah. What's the potential for Puka?
1: Yeah, he's got he has a really high ceiling. Um, he first of all he just has a high really high uh, high talent level. You know high high ability. He's he's got size. He's got speed. Uh, he breaks tackles. He's he's a big strong kid um he's got good hands he's a good route runner he's just a good football player all around and uh but what 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 really i think is great about him is just the motor that he plays with he he's never tired he plays hard every snap he practices hard every day when we have to we have to like calm him down in practice and those type of players are rare you know when you have to tell a guy like hey chill out a little bit it's practice that's a good thing uh because you know, most players, you have to kind of get them going at practice and he's just the opposite of that. And that's why he's good. You you combine that type of work ethic with, uh, you know, with, with a lot of ability, um, you know, that's a good combination.
2: Alex and then Jay coach Roderick, uh, you guys are up there in the country in first half scoring and, um, and quite at the bottom of the list when it comes to second half scoring um you know th- throughout the season to do you, to what do you think you can attribute that disparity
1: uh just that we've been in you know f- uh five of our six games were where the the entire fourth quarter was basically grind the clock and and uh you know eat as much clock as we can run the ball uh you know most of those four of those five games we were we were bleeding the entire clock snapping it you know, with two seconds left on purpose and trying to play team football. And we don't care about how we get a win. This program is about winning as a team. There's going to be some games where we need to play fast and some games where we need to play slow. And once you get to that second half and the fourth quarter, we're huge, we're big in analytics here and we follow those uh, religiously. And um, if, if the best strategy to win the game is to slow the game down and run clock, and we can do that. And if the best strategy is to play fast and be aggressive, then we can do that as well. That's one thing I like about our offense is I think we have the ability to win any type of game we need to win. We've got, we have uh, good skill players and we can throw the football and we can also we've got, we've got good physical players. We can run it. And so it just so happened that four of our five games, first five games were like that in the fourth quarter, especially, but in the second half in general, and each one had its own story, right? But um, You know, the Arizona State game and the Utah game, both we had six, seven minute couple of six, seven minute drives in there where we were keeping the ball away from the other team, eating a lot of clock, wearing them down and either getting points or ending the game on the field, uh, trying to end the game on the field in victory formation. So that's what I would attribute that to. And, you know, uh, we'll see how the next one goes.
2: Coach, you mentioned uh, earlier, kind of playing against playing against your friends. Obviously, some coaches at Baylor were, were at BYU um, just last year. What do you think it's going to be like? Kind of, are you going to? Do you think you'll see a similar offense to what you guys used to have? Um, at, in terms of in Baylor now, like will you see from Baylor something kind of similar to what you guys run? Because there are some guys who who left BYU and went there. And what do you think that's going to be like?
1: Yeah, I've watched them play on TV, and and then just what I'm hearing from Mark, defensive coaches this week, uh, their offense is very similar to ours. There are a few differences. I think they've there's a few past concepts that they're doing that are a little different than what we do. But overall, most of it is very very similar. I think right down to a lot of the terminology is is the same, which that's not uncommon in football. There's enough enough uh, you know coaching tree situations in the game where you know former coaches that work together end up coaching against each other. And you might have two offenses or two defenses that use a lot of the same terminology. And, um, but yeah, I think they're fairly similar and, uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Jay, Go ahead. Hey, Aaron, just on
2: this notion of changing things, are you talking about changing plays themselves or is it mostly terminology, the signs that you use? Can, what do you mean when
1: you say you're changing things? Um, when did I say, did you mean like what I said on, on that Burger corner? The corner oh, just, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well just, uh, you know, so yeah, every, when you watch, when you, when you watch games on TV now, most, most offenses now are signaling plays into the game in some form or another. And um and, you know, so obviously those guys know exactly how we do it here. We know how they do it. So I'm sure they're having to adapt a little bit to what they're doing this week. And we have to adapt a little bit. Just, it's just part of the covert, you know, part of the game, but um we'd been planning for this since, ever since they left. So it's you know, on the one hand, it's, we're doing something a little different this week than we've done in other games. But on the other hand, we've been planning for it so long. It's not a big deal. Our players have handled it really well this week in practice, but But, yes, I was referring to the operation of how we get the play call into the game uh, to our players. Thanks. Yep.
2: Jake and then Mitch. Hey, Rod. Pardon the background noise, but I wanted to ask, the last two weeks you haven't had Mason Wake at your disposal. How important is he in your offense? I'm
1: glad glad you mentioned that. Uh, that That was a huge loss, not having him. He has been one of our best players all year. Um, he's a very unique player. I think all defenses have to prepare for uh, some of the things he does are, di- you know, just different than what you see week in and week out. He's he's in a way, he's kind of a throwback guy, but at the same time, he's very skilled and does some some really skilled things as well that, that uh, you know, just – he changes our offense when we have him, and we're going to have him this week, so that's going to be nice to have him back.
2: I just wanted to ask you about how a guy like Timber Barrington's done. I think you guys have been high on instances, showed up to but How's he done at right tackle so far? Um,
1: he's going to be a great player, and he's he's already playing really well, surprisingly well for how how you know how new he is, and uh, we haven't really skipped a beat since he's since he started playing, and um what I love about him most is his athleticism and his versatility. He can, he can, we can play him at guard or center on either side of the ball. I mean, yeah, left or right guard or center, or excuse me, guard or tackle. Sorry. He can play guard or tackle left or right. And uh, he just creates a lot of versatility. So if we have an injury, you know, uh, anywhere he can slide over and the, the, we can always just put the next best player in the game. We don't have to necessarily put the next best left guard or the next best right tackle or whatever. He gives us the ability to sort of shuffle the deck and make sure that our best five available players are on the field. And those guys are really important. And um, he's got a really, really bright future. Coach, what are
2: traits of of Dave Aranda defenses? I I know you were at Utah and you faced Utah State in 2012. I, I think you're an analyst with BYU in 2017, when, when BYU faced the LSU that year, what are traits of an Aranda defense?
1: Um, well, first of all, he, you know, they have a D coordinator. Uh, there seems, it seems to have a, he has a pretty good impact on what they're doing as well. I don't think it's just Dave Aranda, but uh, obviously coach sure. Aranda has been a great defensive coach his whole career. And um, I've been aware of him for a long time. I, I know a lot of guys that have worked with him at various places. And um, I would say just the, the thing that stands out is just how squared away they are. They don't make mistakes. They play really, really hard. Um, there's no gimme throws. Just, you know, you, you when you watch the film, it's just like everything you earn, every inch you get in the running game and in the passing game. And um, they're just very disciplined, very good at what they do. And they play really, really hard. It's a physical team that flies around, and uh, eleven guys every every snap playing as hard as they can. And we're in for a big challenge. This is this is going to be a tough, tough defense.
2: And and finally, for, for me, uh, you know, fall security. I'm sure it's it's emphasized to the guys as much as possible uh, in any practice. But has it taken on a, a greater focus this week after what took place against Boise?
1: it's impossible to focus on it more than we already always do. And that's why we, we, we focus on it so much. That's why we didn't fumble for five games. And then, you know, we just had had a bad game with some fumbles in it. Um, You know, we were, we were bound to fumble eventually, I suppose, but, um, I don't know how you could focus on it more than we already did before that happened. And we will continue to focus on it as always. It's, it's the number one priority we talk about every day. It's, huge part of every single practice every practice involves ball security Um, drills it involves I mean I I could go on and on about how much we talk about it um, and how much we practice it so but rather than you know it's it's still stings that that was that 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 happened on Saturday I mean we went five games without one not many teams have done that and so we're just going to get back to work and we trust those guys and I told this, I I think I I can't remember if I said this to the media or not, but I told it to our team on Monday that Peeney had carried the ball uh, 445 times and had fumbled twice in 445 touches in, in three and a half seasons. And then he just happened to have two on Saturday. And so, uh, and Tyler had carried the ball 450 something, 450 something times and fumbled three times. And then he had one Saturday. So, these are guys, these are reliable guys that had a bad day. That's how I look at it. And, and, uh, we just keep working the way we always do and we'll, we'll take care of business.